we're talking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I could tell you this in your life, especially for us as an end-of-the-age church, we need to be very, very sensitive, sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So many times when I talk to people, they're making all of their decisions based on their five senses. Well, I'm going to go do this because this is what I want to do and this is what I believe I should do. And, you know, I go to this church because, man, I really like this or I'm not going to this church because I really don't like this. And, you know, I think I'm going to leave my job because of my boss or, you know, maybe I think I might even change my career because this is not working out. And all of those reasons, there's not one reason that I've ever listed right now That's not a reason for a child of God to do anything. When Jesus is your Lord, everything is this. I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm saying this because he's leading me. So I I do what he tells me to do, what he leads me to do. Actually, I should say it correctly. I do what he shows me to do. And I I have to live my life very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is I see the Holy Spirit will help you become sensitive to him. He'll actually grab you by the hand. As as we go through this series and we look at these different qualities, we're talking about yieldness right now, about this yielding to the Holy Spirit living our life, willing to yield to what he wants. That's a first and that's a key attribute. As we go on and talk about other ones, being open, having a clear conscience, walking in patience, walking in peace, there's different attributes, there's different keys that you'll see in your life that will show you that you're sensitive to him. It's very important that we teach on this because If we start living out of our flesh, I mean, literally, our life could depend on us being led by the Spirit of God. As we go from this place to the end of our lives here on the earth or the the end of the church age when we're raptured out of here, whatever happens first, listen, we're going to be faced with situations that could be life or death. And with the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you always into the truth. He'll always lead you into life. So we want to be very sensitive to him. I want to encourage you, if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, listen to last week. It was week one on yieldness. Yieldedness, let me say that correctly. We're going to go into that more this week. Uh, I want to finish some things, uh, and then we're going to go on. You know, I... And putting all this together, I, I thought, you know, surely I could do this in one service. And, and then today, after one service, now we're in a second service, talking about how to live a life yielded to the Holy Spirit. I have 18 pages of notes, and I haven't even begun to talk about what I really want to talk about with yielding, and that's how we yield to the anointing. Because, you know, you have to learn how to yield to the anointing. We're kind of talking about it a little bit. And you know how many series I've ever heard on this subject? Well, including this one, this is the first. We don't talk about this stuff, but we're going to focus on it because 
as we go through this, you will sit there and go, wow, you know what? I'm really doing this. Now I know why I'm sensing the Holy Spirit in this area so strong. Other things you'll go, oh, you know what? I need to start doing this because it'll help me be sensitive in this area. All of hell wants you to be led by your senses, wants you to be governed by your circumstances and what you hear outwardly. But the whole Bible talks about us as children of God. We are to be led inwardly. We're to be moved inwardly. Outside things never are to move us. And I could tell you, we're in a season of birth pangs in the earth. It's not going to decrease from what the scripture says it's going to increase. But it's not to in any way affect us as children of God. The enemy could yell and scream and do everything he wants, but he's not going to stop the church. We're just going to flourish more and more and more. So we want to be sensitive. As your pastor, that's why you'll have an opportunity to learn these things. I feel it's so strong. I, it's, it's amazing the revelation that I'm walking in. I'm walking in revelation beyond where I'm at. It's hilarious. But it's like the Holy Spirit's going, you know, Tony, don't have real time to, to wait for you in this area. Let me just really help you because we, we, we got to go here, right? And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It stretches you, but it's fun. So turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We're going to kind of recap a foundational scripture, Romans 8, verse 14. We're going to go through verse 16. This is foundational. We talked about this last week. Real quick, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And this is the coming of age, mature sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. I love the last song that we sang, right? We don't have, we've been, we've been rescued out of this fear thing, this bondage, right? Why? Because we are children of God. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption This is the placement of you as a mature son of God. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We see, and we said this last week from this scripture, that once we make a decision, this is a life decision. You don't have to know how to walk this out. But in order to live a life yielded, in order to be led by the Spirit of God, In all the affairs of your life, you have to make a quality decision to allow the life of God that has been imparted in your spirit that you have on the inside of you. You've got to allow it to dominate my life or dominate your life. When you do that now and only now, are you an adult son? We think about, well, how do I become... Whoever is born of God is led by the Spirit of God, but the mature sons of God. So instantly, in our own insecurities, in our own wrong way of looking at things, we go, oh, well, I'm not mature. But here is the definition of maturity. 
It is not in this area. You are a mature son of God when you make the quality decision that I am going to allow the life of God on the inside of me to dominate my life. That's when, it's not anything else. What happens when you do that? You walk, you start walking in a direction and now the Holy Spirit's going, okay, I could work with this now. And he will teach you then how to be led by the Spirit of God. Verse 16, it tells us how the Holy Spirit leads us. It's the same way we got, we, we, we are led in every arena of our life. It says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm walking through my life and the Holy Spirit bears witness with me. When I get into a situation where it seems like I am not strong enough to make this happen. I don't have enough money. I don't have the wisdom to do this. My, my, my spirit is now being communicated by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, no, 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 Tony. You're, a, you're, you're my child. So therefore, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, nothing's gonna dominate you. You're my child. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is how it works. This is how he leads us. So when the Holy Spirit is leading, we must yield to him. So many children of God are not getting very far in their life because they're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. He prompts you to do this or give this or go here and we're just not doing it we're not yielding to him and and that what that does is it dulls us all of a sudden we're dulled to being led on the inside because we're not sensitive and now we start to be led by the outside which always leads us in a wrong direction this is so important we said this last week to yield means to surrender. It means to comply with. When I yield to the Holy Spirit, I am yielding to the whole word of God because he only testifies, he only leads me in the word. So if I'm not willing to honor God in my finances, I'm not yielded to him and it will cause me to not be sensitive. Does that make sense? Which will affect every area of your life. If I'm not willing to forgive, if he's leading me to walk in love and forgive, and I'm not doing that, it will cause me to not be sensitive on the inside. This is so very important. I see it as a pastor where people will come and they'll start growing and then all of a sudden they'll stop. And what it is, I know, I might not know the area, but I'm, I'm sitting here going, and I start praying for them. Lord, help them because they're saying no in an area. And if they stay there long enough, pretty soon they could get offended by the word. They can get offended by the church, by people, and, and all this stuff starts happening. But when you're sensitive, all that goes away. To yield means to surrender, to comply with, to give place to, 
to allow all with an attitude of, of gratefulness, all with an attitude of cheerfulness, with an attitude of willingness. All of these things, I'm willing, I'm glad to, I'm cheerful, I comply with, I, I literally yield to the Holy Spirit. I don't do it because I have to. Everything with God is tied to relationship. Man, God wants to walk intimately in relationship with you. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said this, in the last days, or it says, in that day, multitudes will say to me, Lord, Lord. And he will say, Jesus will say back to them, depart from me, I never knew you. And it's the Greek word, genosko. It literally means I never knew you intimately. Everything about God is intimate. This is why religion messes so many things up. Because it's liturgy. I'm coming, I'm, I'm reciting this same passage every week. I bow, I kneel, I do this, I do that. And okay, 20 minutes later, I could pop the time clock. I've paid my dues this week. And then I, I walk out of the church and I just live my own life. And what's wrong with that is it robs people of knowing God, right? Does it make God mad at people? No, no, it, it doesn't please him. It displeases him. Why? Because he can't get anything over to him, right? So how do I increase sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? We kind of finished with this last week. We must yield and respond to him right? The more you yield and respond to him, the more aware of him you will be, which means the more sensitive you'll be. As you yield to him, you become more sensitive, right? The less you yield and respond to him, what happens? The less aware of him you will be. There's so many Christians, they're facing a very tough battle. Jesus is literally watching over their life. He's waiting for the word to come out of their mouth. He is feeling, he feels what they feel. He was touched with the feelings of our own weaknesses, right? But if, I mean, think about it. Here's a believer. Many believers will get in a position where they feel so alone when they're never alone. When they feel like I'm so unhappy when the joy of the Lord is literally part of the DNA of who they are. What, they're not aware of this helper. They're not aware of the one who's on the inside of them who knows everything about where they need to go. He knows everything about the word of God. He knows exactly how to get them to, from where they are to where they need to be. But they're not aware of him because they never yield and respond to him. Right? How do I do that? When something comes up in your heart... You speak it out and you act on it, right? 
This is, this is so important. This is how you yield. When something comes up in your heart, that is, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit. He's communicating things to your spirit, and now your spirit is communicating that to your mind. When that comes out of your spirit, it comes out of your spirit, don't fear. How you yield to that is by saying, Father, I thank you that I'll never fear because you're with me. And therefore, and then, and then you'll act on it. Does that make sense? How do I act on it? So this diagnosis that I got, I don't fear it. Satan, you gotta go. I know you can't operate in a realm of, of, of faith, and you gotta go because there's no fear in me. Every time, let me say that again, this seems so simple, but this is how you walk free from everything. Something comes up in your heart. You instantly speak it. I am strong in the Lord. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is the one that opens the doors that no man can shut and shuts the doors that no man can open. And you don't just say it once. Because this is what might happen. Something comes up in your heart and all of a sudden, this scripture comes up in your heart. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. And in your mind, you might think, well, that has nothing to do with anything that I'm facing right now. And I know because Pastor Tony said on Wednesday night that I need to speak it and act on it. So, so I speak it once. But then I'm like, okay, but what do I, how do I act on it? See, sometimes you might have to speak it 50 times before you know what to do. But as you speak it, I'm telling you, Father, I thank you that you're gracious and full of compassion. Oh, see, it's the word, so it's full of life and power. And as you keep speaking it, pretty soon your tears are flowing and you're going, wow, Lord. You're gracious. You're disposed to show me favor. Of course I'm healed. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's what, it, that's what he's talking to me about. But that might come after a while. What, what is happening when you're saying it over and over? The Lord is gracious. The Lord is full of compassion. All of a sudden, that word opens up on the inside of you and light comes. And all of a sudden, it shows you where you are and it shows you your next step. And so you act on the step. This is how you grow spiritually. This is how you grow into someone who's very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Boy, this was worth you coming tonight. Because this is how it works. The Lord is gracious. Man, he's going to take care of me. He's, and then all of a sudden another scripture might come up. He's given me a hope and a future. My future's secure. It, it doesn't seem like anything on the outside, but I'm, and you start declaring. Circumstances, I command you to change. Angels, you go into the earth. Father, I believe in you. Sometimes it comes up in your heart what to believe him for. 
See, don't try to figure out how to get from where you are to where you need to be. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And why not? Let's just leave it with him because guess what? He knows everything, right? We might guess right once in a while and think we're all spiritual, but no, 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 no. Real spiritual, being real spiritual means I'm completely dependent on him. Lord, if, if you don't move, this is not happening. But man, am I excited because you always move, right? So this is huge. When something comes up in your heart, you speak it out and keep speaking it out and keep speaking it out until you know what to act on, right? In doing this, what happens is his dealings will become stronger and clearer to you. That's how you find out what the Holy Spirit is leading you in. It just becomes stronger in you. And pretty soon, listen, what you do, you won't have to, it, it won't be hard to figure that out. See, most believers, their mouth is never speaking the word long enough for the word of God to hand them things. They speak the word a little bit, two, three times, and then they go right back to speaking the problem or the circumstances and speaking what they're seeing on the outside. But oh, if you'll keep speaking what you're seeing on the inside, you will eventually know how to act. His dealings will become stronger in you. You'll become more aware of his presence, right? You'll become more sensitive to his leadings. That's how it works. Hallelujah. We might have to say that part every week until we go through this 19-year series, right? It wouldn't hurt us. Man, there's a lot. There's so much. Think about what your life would look like because this is what the Holy Spirit does. Now, while I say this, we'll compress time frames. Turn into Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. But this is what the Holy Spirit does. He always keeps you ahead of the ball game. You've heard me say this. Being led by the Spirit of God will always put you in the right place, right? You know what I'm going to say. At the right time, with the right heart. What do I mean by right heart? Sensitive, yielding. Doing the right thing. You see this over and over and over in Scripture. If you would have came to Joseph and said, okay, God gave you a dream, he'd be like, man, that was awesome. My brothers are going to bow down to me. But if you would have said, what's that going to look like? This teenager would have went, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. They're going to come home out of the field you know, we, we're pretty well off. My dad's pretty blessed of God. And, and one day they're just going to come up and go, you know, we don't know why we're doing this, but man, we're just going to bow down in front of you and you're just going to be our leader and we're just going to, man, you're going to get everything you want. It's going to be great. That's what probably what he would have said. Notice God didn't tell him, yeah, you know, first of all, your brothers are all going to hate you. They won't hate you enough to kill you, but they're going to throw you in a pit. Then you're going to be sold into slavery. And then... This wife 
is going to really think you're good looking and she's going to come on to you and then you're going to run out but she's going to grab your outer garment because you wouldn't have sex with her and then then it's going to start getting really bad because then this powerful guy that you're a servant of Potiphar he's going to have you thrown in prison and uh, as far as you're concerned you're there forever right Joseph might have been like, hey, uh, could, could you maybe give that to somebody else, right? But the Bible says that through all of it, Potiphar has this, this kid as his servant, turns all of his affairs over to him. He's running his whole estate. Then this happens. He gets thrown in prison, and people are coming up to him going, why are you in such a good mood? He was in prison all those years. And he was in a good mood. Why? Because this thing that God spoke to him, he believed it. He kept it. He kept it in his mouth. And eventually, it got him released to be where he was second in command of the most powerful nation on the planet. The Holy Spirit will always put you in the right place at the right time with the right heart, doing the right thing. Perfect timing, always. So we, it pays to yield to him. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, let's get into some new stuff. Even though, doesn't it seem like everything I just said is new? Man, I love the Holy Spirit that way. That's how come I do not fear repetition. I used to think about that going, oh Lord, you want me to preach on this again? Then by the end of the night, I'm like, wow, that was really good. At least I thought it was good. Maybe I live in total denial. But, I, you know, I, every time I preach, I just, I preach myself happy. Right? So Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, this verse is in the commanded text. We are not to be drunk with wine. We're commanded not to be drunk with wine. We're also commanded to be, and this be filled with the Spirit, we're commanded. This be filled means be being filled. That's in the continual present tense in the Greek. That means that literally every moment of every day of your life, you are commanded by the word of God, or you should say this, you're commanded by Jesus that you are to constantly be being filled with the Spirit. It's not an option, it's a command. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience, right? You're filled once, and then you keep be being filled. You've heard me say this, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a lot like, it's like a trickle, right? I was talking to Teresa today, our children's director, and, and we were talking about this, about the progression. It's a progression. It's like when you first receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man, when I did, I, I'm like, I was half right. I'm like, Lord, this just feels like I'm mumbling. It feels like it's just me. Well, I was half right. I wasn't mumbling. That was my prayer language, but it was me. 
The Holy Spirit gave me utterance, which is just like that little punk Satan. He always tells half-truths, right? But I don't know when it went from this little thing that felt like I was muttering or just mumbling to a full-blown I pray in the Spirit all the time. In other words, it was like a trickle. But oh, that trickle, one thing, when I, man, when I was a teenager, that trickle made me want to read the Word all the time. It was amazing. And I remember coming to God. Here I am, this, this, you know, the denomination I grew up in told me that this speaking in tongues was of the devil. This baptism of the Holy Spirit was of the devil. Next thing I know, I'm speaking in tongues. Right? And I, I don't understand anything about it other than at least he took me through some scripture. But I found that I, I just wanted to be in the word. And I went to the Lord one day and I'm like, listen, if I'm mumbling, I'm really sorry. And, 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 and I'm willing to stop if you stop me. But if this thing is real, I'm just going to keep doing it. So I just, I mean, that's the way I was talking to God. I don't know when it became, when it changed from mumbling to a full-blown thing to where now when I start to pray in the spirit, I feel like an, a nuclear explosion is going off in my, in, on the inside of me. It affects every part of my life. It brings direction. It, I mean, it just helps me. It started out as a trickle, though, and then became a little stream, and then it became like a river, and then a raging river, and then it just dumped me off into this ocean of limitless Holy Spirit. It's the way it is. It's progressive. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it says that when he came out of that temptation, when he was walking down the mountain... It says he was filled with the Spirit. And in English, it sounds like he was filled with the Spirit. But in the Greek, it was like every step he was taking, he was getting stronger and bigger, and the Holy Spirit was getting bigger on the inside of him. That is the way. So much so when he walked into the synagogue, now he's 30 years old, and, and you know he's been there many times. But the little demon that's been in that synagogue started manifesting. He would go to a town. Demons would manifest. Why are you here, Jesus? Why Are you here to torment us before the time? He looked different. That's what we're talking about. There is an initial filling of the Holy Spirit, but a continual subsequent fillings. I got to tell you, see, if you're full of one thing, nothing else can get in. And that's what God wants. He wants you bubbling over. But this is what you want. This overflow, constantly, 24-7. Does that make sense? Overflow of healing, overflow of provision, overflow of peace and joy and hope. Be being filled with the Spirit means you're not filled with fear. Amen. Means you're not depressed. It'll push all of it out. You know, when it talks about being filled with the Spirit, part of that word is crammed. Man, I'm telling you, you get so crammed full of the Holy Spirit that nothing else can ever get in. Because what happens according to Matthew 12, 34, when the Word of God is in abundance in your heart? What is it? What happens? It comes out of your mouth. What happens when it comes out of your mouth? It'll direct your life, right? This is huge. 
being filled, be being filled with the Spirit empowers us in the same way it empowered Jesus. Wow. A person who is be being filled with the Holy Spirit will always have godly actions to show for it. That's just a result. See, we're trying to walk right. We're trying to, have you ever tried to live right? Try to live holy? I mean, that is, that is a treadmill that you will always fail if you're trying. God never says that we're to try anything. God says that we're to do. And how we do is in his strength, right? We must yield to the mighty Holy Spirit. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. How do I do that? Speaking to yourselves. Now with my singing ability, everybody in the church should be going, amen. Pastor, just sing to yourself in a room by yourself, right? Speaking to yourselves in psalms. What is a psalm? It's one of the songs, it's one of the poems from the books, book of Psalms, right? And hymns. This Greek word hymns means to celebrate. And spiritual songs. This is songs dealing with spiritual truths. The Greek word songs means an ode. It's a lyric, a poem, addressed to exalting someone, uplifting songs that praise the Lord. Singing and making melody. I love this word, melody. It's, it's solo in the Greek. It means to twitch or to twang. It, it was a picture of a person playing a stringed instrument. It literally, literally, it's a melody. It's going on in your heart. When you sing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, there will be a melody with it. You'll, there, there'll, be, there'll be a rhythm and a melody with it. It's really amazing. You were made for this. This is a big part of be being filled. So if you break this verse down, this verse is instructing us to praise the Lord with songs from Scripture. Hymns that celebrate God and other songs about spiritual truths that uplift the Lord. Now you might say, well, I, I'm not a songwriter. I could never do that. Well, guess where it all comes from? It comes from down on the inside of you. Why are you speaking to yourself? Because the Holy Spirit is giving you things. Oh, if you'll learn to yield to him, you will surprise yourself. But you'll begin to see who you are. And you'll begin to see, you'll just begin to see great things. Speaking out of your heart what we're talking about here is a spiritual exercise that will make you more aware 
and more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, that is like going to a gym and, and working out. It's, it's spiritual exercise. It, it makes you more aware. When you do a bicep workout, and you'd really do a good bicep workout, you're, you're gonna be very sensitive to your biceps. Does that make sense? When you, do, when you, when you work out your chest, you're gonna be very sensitive to your chest. It, it could be a little sore, right? Lactic acid buildup, whatever. When you exercise your spirit, you will be very aware of your spirit. One of the exercise, one of the workouts is singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, I bet you never were taught that in Ephesians chapter five, but that's exactly what it is. This is part of your being. And the Holy Spirit is leading you through this. As you exercise your spirit, your spirit becomes stronger, more sensitive, and more aware. Your capacity grows. Like if you lift weights. I remember when my wife started working out, she was using very little dumbbells. Now she's using heavier ones. Why? Because she's becoming stronger because she's exercising. See, this is why a lot of people, they're not strong spiritually because they're not exercising. Let me, let me, t- let, me uh, let you know something here too. Do you know that every Christian lives a life all the time of yielding? You're never in a place where you're not yielding. Here's the deal. There's no middle ground. You're either yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit or you are yielding to your flesh and to the outside. So you know how to yield. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm just a worrier. Right? No, that's, that's, you're, you're yielding to that. And you could just as easy yield to the right thing. So praising and worshiping God is an example of a spiritual exercise when done from the heart in faith. All of this has to be done from your heart in faith. You do this in your heart, not your mind. It will affect your mind, but it's not not originated in your mind. Thanksgiving is another wonderful spiritual exercise. Faith's confessions is a wonderful spiritual exercise where you get a scripture and you just confess it over and over and over. It will strengthen your spirit. It'll make you stronger. You'll be more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence and leading. Doing these exercises makes you more aware of him. Prophesying is another one. Man, when the Lord, the Lord will give you, you know, one of the nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit could be a a word of prophecy that's inspired utterance in a known tongue. I love it when the Holy Spirit does that for me. It causes you to be more aware of him. 
when you're more aware of him, it'll enable you to yield to him, to respond to him. And always remember this, God is able to use people who are what? Aware of him and who respond to him, who will yield to his leadings because God is not a forcer at all. So remember last week we were in the story about Mary. The angel Gabriel, right, appears to her. She receives that. Then what happens? Uh, I want you to turn. We're going to finish this story because I want to I go through a couple things here. I want you to see this pattern that we just spoke about. So go to Luke chapter 1. We went through several scriptures here, but we're in verse 39 now. We're going to look at a few verses here. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Are, are you getting anything tonight that you could grab a hold of? Man, it's just, this is so important. So important. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. It says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. So here's Mary. She finds out that she's going to give birth to the Messiah. She's so excited she goes to Elizabeth's house. Right? Verse 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled. Now this is the Greek word "plato." It means to fill. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Time out. How can somebody who's not filled, who's not born again, be filled with the Holy Ghost? It's a different word fill than, a new, than used all throughout the New Testament after, the, after Jesus. So she was filled, like in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon a king or a priest or a prophet just from time to time. And, and when, when he would come upon, when the Holy Spirit would come upon, couldn't come within them, not like us, because their spirit's not born again, not new. That's, first of all, the Holy Spirit wouldn't take up residency, but couldn't. Light can't dwell with darkness. But so what was happening now, the Holy Spirit came upon. But John the Baptist leaped in her womb. The Bible says God lights every man that comes into the world. John the Baptist's spirit was alive. So the Holy Spirit, this was stirring him. But look at what happened when she was filled with the Holy Ghost. She spoke out with a loud voice and said... You and I are to be being filled all the time. You're going to see a manifestation in every case. It always causes a believer to speak, sing, thank God. It causes you to do something. When you see somebody that's silent, they're not be being filled. Right? Well, no, that's just my personality. Okay, great. That's not his personality. And his personality will completely turn your personality right side up, right? I have seen little ladies that if you saw them, you would think, man, just this little refined older woman and all of a sudden she is dancing and running, 
right? I still remember when I was 18 years old, Power of God hit this convention center in Anaheim, California at a Copeland convention. And I mean, everybody just, it was like waves of heat. Everybody was wiped out, was on the floor. There was probably close to 10,000 people there. I'm, ho- I'm, I'm 18 years old and I'm holding on to the seat because I'm like this because I just want to see what's going on. And there's this probably 85 maybe older lady down in the front row over to the side where all the wheelchairs were. And she is like, she jumps out of this wheelchair and she's got a body brace on and she's, she, I mean, she's moving her arms and doing, just yelling and, and just so happy. And, and finally she takes this body brace and just throws it off and takes off running. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's prophesying. For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Isn't that amazing? When the Holy Spirit, when it when the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth, she was blessing someone else. She was confirming to Mary, listen, those things which were told of you, Mary of the Lord, they're coming to pass. Don't ever doubt them. Isn't that cool? So then if you go to verse 46, and Mary said, notice now when one person, it causes another person to join in. What are we talking about? Yielding. Elizabeth was yielding. Remember last week when we talked about Elizabeth and Zacharias, they kept the whole law. Their whole life was yielding to what God wanted. So, so because of that, she was in the right place at the right time with the right heart to do the right thing. She got to hear of the Messiah. She got to give birth to what Jesus said, the greatest prophet of all time. And Mary then jumps in and says, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now jump down to verse 64. Now we're going to look at Zechariah. Remember the angel, he, he was not very respectful to this angel, asked a stupid question in unbelief. And the angel said, listen, we can't let this guy talk. So I, I'm the one who stands in the presence of Almighty God. You're not saying a word until this baby's born because you can't mess this up, right? Boy, sometimes I wish that could be us, right? So now John is born And his mouth was open, verse 64, immediately. And his tongue was loosed. So notice, the angel didn't give him a sickness that caused him not to be able to speak. Because God doesn't have sickness. So he just kind of tied his tongue. And so his tongue was loosed, and what did he do? And he spoke and praised God, and his father, Zacharias, was filled, same word again, Plato, with the Holy Ghost. And what did he do? He prophesied. Zacharias praised and prophesied as a result of being filled. 
you become more aware of your spirit, which become which causes you to become more aware of the Holy Spirit. This is the principle that I want you to see. So if you look at Luke chapter 2, Joseph heard from God and married Mary. He yielded to what the Holy Spirit said. He said, listen, listen, Joe, this baby was not from another man. This is, this is the Son of God. And he yielded and he married her anyway. Joseph heard from God and yielded and went to Egypt. Thank God, right? Joseph heard from God again and yielded and went back to Israel. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says this, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, now it's talking about the birth of Jesus. The angels had gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So now you've got shepherds which were priests. They were raising the sacrificial lambs. They see this incredible sight with angels going back and forth, proclaiming the birth of the Messiah, and they decide to yield to what the Lord made known to them and, and I'm, if, the sh- if the shepherds had not yielded, guess what? They would have missed seeing the birth of the Messiah. Verse 25 of chapter 2. Now, Jesus is already born. Joseph and Mary are going to take him into the temple. It says in verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. In other words, this was a man who lived his life yielded. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. So here's Simeon, and all of a sudden, because he lives his life yielded, All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost, Simeon, go to the temple today. Why? Because the Lord had promised him, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. So he gave him a promise, right? He was living his life yielded, and then the Holy Spirit was able to lead him. Go, drop your falafel, and go to the temple right now. Right? Leave the pita bread, just go, right? And so he, Simeon, living his life yielded, says yes, and he goes to the temple. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms. Now think about this. Here's Joseph and Mary from Nazareth. They're not from Jerusalem. Jerusalem's kind of a big place. So the Lord goes, Simeon, go to the temple. And then the Lord had to say, oh, and by the way, Simeon, see that young couple right there bringing that baby? There he is. So Simeon now, then took he him up in his arms. So you could imagine Simeon walks up to him and goes, hey, 
The Lord told me I would see the Messiah before I died. Can I hold your child? Could you imagine Mary and Joseph are just going, so what is it doing to them? It's confirming again. They're like, yeah. Gave their brand new baby to a, a guy. In other words, Simeon was in the right place at the right time with the right heart doing the right thing because he yielded. Why am I taking the time to show you this? You gotta see this stuff. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Verse, chapter 2, verse 36. There was another lady that lived her life yielded to God, Anna. It says, verse 36, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Aser. And she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instance, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. So here she is, and all of a sudden she hears Simeon. I wouldn't doubt if Simeon hadn't known her. And just, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to see the Messiah before I die. And all of a sudden, she sees Simeon holding this baby, Jesus. And she goes over there right away. Gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spoke to him, uh, spoke of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Again, Anna was in the right place at the right time. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, talking about Jesus. And the child, Jesus, the Christ, grew and waxed strong in spirit. This word means he was made strong. He was growing strong. He was increasing in strength. Proving forever that Jesus could not have lived on this earth as God because God does not wax strong. He doesn't develop strength. God doesn't have to develop. He's it. But Jesus lived as a man. He had to develop spirituality and he had to increase. So even, even as he was growing up as a child, he was growing strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him as he grew up. Now, he didn't do any miracles growing up. The Holy Spirit had to come upon him. But look at this. And, he, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. As you live your life yielded, you're going to do what? You're going to wax strong in spirit. You're going to be filled with wisdom. What that means, wisdom gives you the ability to apply the word of God to every arena of your life, to walk in the blessings of it. The grace of God is going to grow and be strong in you. And you're going to continue to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is just the way it works. Next week, we're going to finish, we're, or we're going to launch off. I'm just going to read this verse to you. This, for this was spoken 
to, in, in, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus appeared to John on the island of Patmos and he gave letters to seven churches. He, he told John what to write to these seven different churches in Asia Minor. Some were big, some were small. There was five, 500 to 1,000 churches in Asia Minor. Jesus gave a letter to seven of them. In that letter, it tells everything that affects, affects us today as the church. It's amazing. We're going to start teaching on it on Sunday morning. I don't know about this Sunday because I think i got to finish from what I started last Sunday. Maybe this Sunday, but, by, but probably a week from Sunday. You'll love it. But to the church of Laodicea, this is what Jesus said. He said, now he's talking to Christians. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. In other words, knocking has to do with his voice. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him. Think about that. I will commune with him. I will have communion with him. That means that what Jesus is eating, you and I are going to be eating. That's going to mean what is in Jesus is in us. I think it would be really good to open the door of your heart. This is talking about how to yield. This is talking about yielding. See, the food that Jesus and the drink that Jesus would commune with you with, It'll cause you to never hunger again and never thirst again. Matthew 4.4 4 said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, Jesus is saying to this church in Laodicea, You have shut me out, but I want you to let me back in. This is what we'll talk about next week, and we'll get into some of the anointing. But I hope this helps you tonight. Live your life. Go from this place tonight. Make the word of God, your relationship with God. And I know I'm talking to the choir tonight. I mean, you guys are, you wouldn't be here if that wasn't you. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to help you become very aware of him, very sensitive to his leading that inner knowing on the inside in every arena of your life. So what you do is put his word first. Scriptures will come up to each of you as you get in the word. Probably one scripture, maybe more, I don't know. But whatever comes up, you speak it out. And you keep speaking it out. Speak it over your life. Confess it over your life until the light of it starts telling you what to do and then start doing that. And I'm telling you, by Sunday, you'll be more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence than you are today. It's amazing how it works.